Not many of us have experience with SLP or speech language pathology. If we bring that into the autistic community, many of us do not know how that might help. So join us as we discover how SLP can help nonverbal autistic individuals. Welcome to the My Spectrum Life Podcast. My name is Jessica. I'm an autism mom. With me today are my friends, Kelsey and Hillary. Hey, Kelsey, how are you doing? Pretty good. Um, Kelsey is a SPED teacher, and with us we have Hillary. Hey, Hillary, how are you? I'm doing good. How about y'all? Pretty good. Good. So Hillary is our, as you well know, for the past two podcasts. She has um, is our ultimate favorite SLP. Shh. But she is with us to talk to us about, again, some a little bit more about her experiences. And we are excited to dive into the world of how SLP can help nonverbal children. Um, so how does that look in a school setting? Um, let's just talk about a school setting for a sec. How does that look yeah. in a school mm -hmm. setting? Sure. Um, typically, our kids are ID'd pretty early. Um, at least in my school district, we have uh, programs that we basically take kids out of, you know, their baby net programs, what they were doing when they were little. And then we just transition them into a school-based setting. Uh, mm -hmm. So nonverbal students range from kids on the spectrum to kids with other disabilities. Some are more functional than others. Um, I have seen everything from, you know, iPad, AAC to uh, PECS, which is like a picture exchange system. So, yeah, it's all very different depending on the child. Okay. Mm -hmm. And do you, so is it, to, what are, I guess I should say first, what are some of the things that can hold um, a child back when it comes to the particular system that they need? Hmm. Well, there are lots of considerations that we make when it comes to actually deciding what system we want to try with the child. And so when they're young, we start them with, uh, we basically just, throw everything at them. We're like, you know, mm -hmm. here are, here's everything I can offer you. So all of my preschool students have a uh, communication picture book. So they will have um, different little Velcro pictures that they can pull on and off to like request things around the classroom. Um, or for my kids that are already making some verbalization attempts, it might not be, um, you know, English yet, but it's at least sounds that they're connecting mm -hmm. to something. I want, I like to try to capitalize on that. So they may take me over to the ball and just say, buh, buh, buh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is the ball here. Let's take it down. Let's play with it. Let's roll the ball back and forth. So nice. it's really about giving them all the options that I can mm -hmm. and then seeing what they take to and then going with that because most behavior issues when children are younger stem from a lack of ability to communicate what's going on with them internally. Yeah. So. Yep. And you're right, Hilly. Um, and I know you work, um, again, you know, I'm a SPED teacher, so we work with SLPs a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And even including with that, when I worked in the younger years, we would, the team would meet together, the IEP team would meet and we'd be like, hey, you know what, this ACC device needs to be in because sometimes we need more than just a picture communication book. Um, and we would try it out. And so as a team, even the parent will take observations and take notes and say, you know what, this doesn't work. This system does work. Nah, we need something more. And we go through it. And um, the Board of Disabilities actually has a lot of um, 
resources that we as a school and a parent can ultimately get a free trial with the devices mm -hmm. as well as um, different devices and how to work those devices. There's actual parent trainings um, wow. with the Board of, Board of Disabilities and mm -hmm. things about certain ACC, ACC augmented, uh, what is it, augmented mm, communication. I forget what it's. I know. For. I can't remember what the other A is though. It's like something, something. something, something. <laughs> um, so when she says we, it is a team effort, including the parent, including the child in itself, because the mm -hmm. child, it goes back to the behavior. Correct me if I'm wrong. It goes back mm -hmm. to the behavior because if a child is frustrated with that device, you're going to lose what you already have mm -hmm. and you don't want to. And so you really stop something and you try to figure out what works best for them. Mm -hmm. And it takes a while. Um, how does. long do you think? I, I think I've been on the process and even the year that I was working with that child, we still hadn't found one mm -hmm. yet. Well, and really, and really the struggle is, is like, you know, you think, and like, I think mm -hmm. I even thought this when I first started working is I was just going to hand this to a kid and he was going to be like, thank God the keys to the city and just take off. But that's really right. not it because what, <laughs> what happens a lot is that we have kids who don't have what you would call a communicative intent. They don't right. have that mm -hmm. want to communicate with mm -hmm. someone. So you have to help that child to realize that by doing these things, I can get what I want more easily. And right. so sometimes if that first step hasn't been taken, I mean, you can throw them whatever you want, but it's just not going to take. So right. sometimes that's why it takes longer than others. And some kids already have that communicative intent. They just don't have the modality. And so when you give them the modality, they take off. Right. So it's again, different from child to child. Exactly. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's a very important point is that it's different from every child to child, regardless of whether they're autistic or some of the other disabilities that you've had to deal with that you help um, through the school system. Now for somebody who is um, just goes to private practice versus school, um, what are some, and you said you worked in that, what are some, how does that work out if it's just through a private practice? I would say we're all pretty much doing the same thing as far as like therapy goes. I will say having my kids at the school provides me lots of opportunities to make sure they're using their communication strategies throughout different settings versus right. when I was in private practice, I only saw that child when they were there in the building with me. Like I could take them around mm -hmm. and have them talk to different adults who like knew what we were doing. So it was right. kind of cheating, but um I really like having my kids like order their own lunch, you know, making sure they're using their devices, like when they're in the lunchroom or when they're participating in like class activities. Um, and so I, I have, I just like being able to make sure that communication is being used everywhere and not just with me. Right. Right. Sure. So, so then that also kind of puts um, a, a little bit of a burden on us as parents is, and how much we have got to advocate for our child. Am mm -hmm. I correct? Oh yeah. And think that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because, well, and making sure that you're holding your child accountable for what they have already been taught and know how to do, because there mm -hmm. needs to be that back and forth communication between your team at school or your private practice team, depending on who you're working mm -hmm. with, on what you can hold that child accountable for versus what they're still working on. So right. I always will tell my parents, like, this is a skill that he is doing 100% of the time in school. He can be doing this at home. Right. Just so we're all on the same page because holding them accountable for something that they can't do can be very frustrating and create like a yeah. poor experience for you at home also. Yeah. Do you have parent so, training? Like one-on-one -on -one um, or parent training? I definitely do. Commun I communicate with my parents a lot. As mm -hmm. far as the district 
um, goes. Like we don't offer anything like that. I have done a lot. I've offered parents things and like sent them resources for the, from our community that they can reach out to. Mm -hmm. um, but I, since, you know, my contractual time does not exist outside of, you know, 3 PM. So mm -hmm. <laughs> if, right. I, if I could, I love talking with my parents about different things that they're seeing and like helping them troubleshoot at home. But um, mm -hmm. as far as parent training, no, that's not something that I do currently. Uh, that's, that makes it hard for the school system um, to do. Yeah. And that's why as parents, we've, we've got to do a lot of advocating for our child to mm -hmm. know what's going on both at the school through private practice and mm -hmm. everywhere they're at. So, um, so we want to hear from you. Uh, what have you, what has been your experience um, in, especially if you have a nonverbal autistic loved one, um, We'd actually like to know, comment below or shoot us an email about what is your favorite system or what have you found out to be the system that has worked best for your child? Because one of the things that we can do is that through the comments on our video or if you email us, we can create a community and a resource, a library of different things to use. Um, and it's always helpful to get communication and input from others. So send us an email at info at myspectrumlife.com or you can get a hold of us on other ways. Um, you can drop a comment or message us on Facebook and Instagram at My Spectrum Life, or you can tweet us at My Spectrum Life with that number one. And remember, with a lot of faith, love, and tons and tons of fidget toys, and probably some cards and a few other things, we'll make it. <laughs> we will. Bye.